That's a very old song. The faithfulness of God. And as we were singing that, I was thinking about the context of <clears throat> of what Jeremiah is writing here, because Jeremiah is writing this in Lamentations. And as he's writing this, he's talking about the faithfulness of God. But Jeremiah is not going through a very good time. Jeremiah has witnessed the city that he loved being destroyed. He's, he's seen all of this hardship and all of this destruction, and it causes him to have a lament. It causes him to be burdened. And in the middle of this book, Lamentations, which is all about the hardships that he's facing, right in the middle, he writes this in chapter 3. I remember my afflictions, verse 19, and my wandering, the bitterness and the gall. I well remember them, and my soul is downcast within me. This is the part of the story that most people can relate to. This is the part of the story where we face the times that we don't like. We face this new year and we have uncertainty and we worry and we stress of what's coming up tomorrow. Believe me, I'm no different. I'm no different. I get up, I have the concerns, I have, I have doubts, I have worries. One of my friends told me one time, says, Pete, you must be depressed all the time because of the hardships that we're going through. He says, you must be depressed all, all the time. And I, and I answered him honestly. I says, no, I'm not. Only between the bedroom and my prayer closet. Only when I wake up till I get to my office because during that moment, every thought begins to bombard my mind about what today I face, what tomorrow I face, and what is to come. I start to worry and I start to be concerned because I know that things are real. Reality is real. We can't hide from it. We must face the facts. Even as the Bible talks about Abraham, he faced the fact that his body was dead. So we all can relate to that. And, and I, as I go to my prayer closet, my mind is filled with so many doubts and concerns and worries. And I am no different and we are no different than Jeremiah. I remember my afflictions and my wandering, the bitterness and the gall. I remember, I well remember them and my soul is downcast within me. A lot of us can relate to that. But the difference between people who understand who God is and people who put their faith and trust in God, people who don't just say it or show up on Sunday and just say that, okay, I fulfilled my obligation, but people who really, really know who God is will continue because this is where Jeremiah says, yet this I call to mind and therefore I have hope. There is something inside of us that will face the darkest moments that we can face and yet look at our future, look at where God has taken us and saying, I will have hope in God. I will call to mind and therefore I have hope. Yet this I call to mind. Some of us just need to make a phone call. Some of us need to put down the doubts and the worries and the fears and the anxiety and how is it going to happen? And we need to make a phone call. 
We need to get a hold of the memories, the thoughts, the, the, the scriptures that has held us firm and steady all these years and bring them back to mind. We let discouragement be the loudest voice in our head. We let our present circumstances be the loudest voice in our head. We let the things of tomorrow overwhelm us when we need to make a phone call and call back to mind, call back to memory who God is. I know I'm just preaching to myself today because I know that everyone else has it together. I know that everyone else doesn't have the worries and the fears and the doubts and the concerns that I have. I know I'm just preaching to myself today, but that's okay. We all go through those moments, and as we were singing this song, I had to call to mind the faithfulness of God. I had to call to mind that he has never failed us. Even when my wife was trying to figure out what she was going to serve for lunch for our boys and kids at home, we had nothing. And out of all days, A good friend, Ronnie, showed up at her door at the moment when she prayed. Ronnie showed up and gave her a bag full of barbecue. You have to call to mind. You have to remember that he has been faithful because you may not see it in the moment. You look out at the city, you look out at your life, you look out at your future, you look out at your, and you look back at your history, and all you may see is failure and concern. And yet, you must remember that God never lies. The Bible says in Numbers that He is not a God, He is not like us, that He should lie. And when He speaks, He acts. And when He prophesies, He fulfills. I'm telling you. You better put some hope in God and you better call back to memory because all of us can get overwhelmed by the sight of the destruction of the city, of our life, of our future, of our personal and present circumstances. Yet this I call to mind and therefore I have hope. Now I want you to understand that Jeremiah already is turning the page in his mind, turning the page in the story. He says he's going to have hope even before he states what he's going to state. He decided up front, that's it. I'm going to have hope. I'm going to have hope. That's sometimes the hardest step. I've often thought, why, why don't we hope in God the way the people in the Bible put their hope in God. And imagine if God came to us and said, I'm going I'm to bring a flood upon this earth. I want you to build a boat. God, hold on. 
Have you seen the prices of wood? I don't think so, God. I don't think so. Besides, we're in Minnesota. It's frozen. Nothing's going to happen, God. He says, I want you to build a boat. I'm going to set a flood. I know that rain has never happened on this earth at this point. But I'm going to send rain. And I'm going to bring rain from the ground, from above, and from the clouds. I'm going to send water to flood this place. So you better do it. Noah did it. But you got to ask yourself, did Noah ever doubt? Did Noah ever question? Because we don't get those details. We don't get those details in the Bible. And so I ask myself, God, how can these guys be so confident in the voice that they heard and the obedience that they did? How can they be so confident? How can Jeremiah look at the destruction of his city and in the moment when, when the very presence of God in this city was there, it's all destroyed. How in the world can I put my faith and my hope in you, God? You've abandoned us at the time when we needed you the most. And yet Jeremiah says, yet I call this to mind and therefore I have hope. Because I want to tell you something. Your God does not change because of the disappointments and the failures and the things that have happened in your life. Your God does not change because of the circumstances that you face. He didn't wake up this morning saying, oh, what am I going to do? Look at them. What am I? No, he already has a plan and he has a purpose and it requires our faith, our hope, and our trust in a God who never changes. Your God never changes. Your God never changes. We must have hope in who he is. We must trust in who he is. That he is the same God of the Bible as he is today in our circumstances. But Pete, I don't see it. I don't know why I'm going through this. I don't know why. I don't know either, but I do know this, that our God never changes. Our God never changes. And if you're willing to believe that God is the God of this book, that you better, be, you better hold on because he's going to do some pretty amazing things. He's going to do some things in your life that you will step back and say, what in the world? How did that happen? Because he can. He's God. I never lose, I never try, excuse me, I never try to lose the amazement of God. The amazement of God. When I think of the story of the widow who has two boys that are going to be taken because she owes a debt, and Elisha tells her, take, what do you have in your house? I just, it's got a little oil. That's it. It's not even name brand. It's great value. He says, you go get it. And you go and you find every jar you can. You find every jar you can. And you pour that oil. What do you do with that? As you're walking home and you look at this jar. It's filled with oil. And you look at all these containers. I know what I would have done. I would have took that jar and I would have said, if you're real, as Elijah believes you are, Elisha believes you are, and, and, and if you're as real as those stories I heard 
about how you delivered your people from slavery. If you're real, then take this jar of oil and do what your prophet said. And then this is what I would have done. I would have closed my eyes and I would have just started, God, please, please. And as, as I closed my eyes, because, you know, I don't want to see it fail, I would have closed my eyes. And the boys would be standing around me thinking, you're nuts. You're going to believe this guy? And so I could just imagine my kids, my boys, watching as I'm pouring this oil. I can't even look. I'm pouring it. And I could just see my son's going, And here I am, thinking it's done. And my boys would look at me and say, Dad, Dad, check it. Dad, it's still coming. And I'm like, what? What? He goes, Dad, it's still going. And then something would happen. And this is just my own personal thoughts on how I would handle this situation. Then all of a sudden, a little confidence comes. And and. I wouldn't dump it completely. I would just pour enough so that it makes it feel like it's continuing, you know, slowly. And finally the boy's like, Dad, 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 look, it's coming. Just keep pouring. And all of a sudden I got a little more confidence. I got a little more confidence to the point where I'm saying, go get some more. Go get some more. Dad, we filled the bathtub up. We have no more room. Dad, we're done. And then the oil stops. Now this is the part of the story that I like to Imagine, how would you feel standing there knowing that all you had was just a little jar of oil and this whole room are filled with jars full of cold press virgin olive oil, name brand. How would you feel? How would you feel? Wow. You did it. This is why Jeremiah said, I will yet call to mind and I will remember who my God is because if he did it for that widow and if he did it for the slaves of Egypt while we were slaves in Egypt, if he did it for them, he will not fail me. That's why I put my hope in God. So when you start to think about your situation and your worries and your concern, I want you to do me a favor. I want you to just pick up your Bible and start reading about what God has done because it is this God that is going to change your story. It is this God who will never fail you if you put your hope in him. It's this God. He says, yet I would call this to mind and therefore I have hope. Now Jeremiah is going to explain, because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed. Life will consume you if you let it. Worry will consume you if you let it. Anxiety will consume you if you let it. Why? Because you have an enemy that is always speaking to you. You have an enemy that is always trying to steal, kill, and destroy who God is in your mind. As I was starting the process of 
writing the book that I am. I felt like there was just this demonic attack that was coming against me. There was even one time when I was walking and I literally felt an evil presence, a, an actual thing that jumped at me. And it was so real that I actually stepped back and I was ready to fight because I thought someone was coming after me. And then I realized it was the enemy. Why? Because he's always trying to make himself bigger than who he is. And so I, then I start praying in the name of Jesus, no weapon formed against me shall prosper. And all of a sudden I got confident and it was gone. Why? Because the devil will always try to oppose your faith and your hope. And, and I, I'll tell you this, I'm, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not a predictor of the future, but I do know this, that once you place your hope in God, he is going to come at you with all hell until you no longer believe it. And if he can't get to you, he'll get to your kids. If he can't get to your kids, he'll get to your job. He'll get to your future. He'll get to anything he can to make you not believe that your God is faithful. The Bible says that because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed. Never forget the love of your father. Never forget that he loves you so much that even you, even when you had a chance to either accept him or reject him, he still was willing to send his son to die for you just to give you a chance. He loves you that much. And then he loves you so much that when you do receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, he is willing to forgive you of all your sins and make you perfectly right to stand before him in his presence. He loves you so much that he'll never abandon you. That's why it says that even in my troubles, God is there. He's always present. God is ever present in my trouble. He's ever present. God will always be there. Why? Because he loves you. He loves you. He's a good God. Sometimes we forget how much he loves us. And when we forget how much he loves us, we start to doubt if he really is going to do something for us. See, I, I love my kids. I love them so much that I'm willing to even give up a couple buffalo wings. Just a couple. But I love them. And this afternoon, as we get ready to watch some playoff football, don't matter who's playing, because I know it's not Detroit. <laughs> We're going to enjoy some wings. We're going to enjoy some football. And my kids, my kids know that their father loves them enough that when it says it's time to eat, when we say it's time to eat, they have a right to participate at the table. They have a right to be there. Because they know that their father loves them. Not if the room is clean. Not if they've done all their homework. I just love them. And when you forget that, you'll start to question. You'll start to shape your thoughts about God. And all of a sudden, you'll start to make him smaller and judgmental, impatient. But God, that's not God. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed for his compassions never fail. I love the word compassion because it's not just relating to you. You know, if you wanted to be a politician, all you have to do is relate to people. What are you going to do with poverty? Oh, 
Poverty is such a bad thing. Oh, let's vote for you. I don't have to do anything. I just got to relate to you. But when God says he has compassion, not only does he relate, not only does he feel, not only does he understand, but he says, I'm going to do something about it. I'm going to do something about it. There's just something inside God that just says, I got to do something. Why? Because he loves us so much. He loves us. For his compassions never fail. You must know that even if you are in the darkest moment, God is going to still show up. Put your faith, put your trust, put your hope. Just got done reading about Joseph, who was sold by his brothers. Before he was sold, God gave him a dream that his his father and his mother and his brothers would bow before him. And then all of a sudden, Joseph shows up one day and he gets sold and they throw him in this, this little pit and they're deciding what to do with it. And finally they saw this caravan come and they said, hey, let's sell him. You know, might as well get some money out of this guy. And so they sold him and then he goes off and, and he, the Lord's favor goes with him. And here he is and he's, in, he's put in his master's house and he's in charge of everything and, and it's going great. And, and, but Potiphar's wife, I mean, he, she finds him attractive and tries to lure him in. And, and Joseph says, I can't do this. I can't do this. I, I, gotta, I'm, I, I need to be honorable to my master. I need to be honorable to my God. I can't do this. She gets frustrated, falsely accuses him. Next thing you know, he's thrown in prison. And in prison, God's favor goes with him. And all of a sudden, he's put in charge of all this stuff. And and the cupbearer and the, the baker comes and they have these dreams. Joseph says, hey, I know what God is telling you. Cupbearer, you're going to be restored back to the king's service. And baker, sorry, man, you're dead. And what happened? Exactly that. The cupbearer went back. And as, as the cupbearer is leaving to go back to the side of the king, Joseph says this, hey, 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 here's my business card. Make sure you remember me, you know. Well, if there's anything the king needs, just let me know. You know, I, I'll do, just remember me. Why? Because Joseph is locked in prison. What do you do in prison? I don't know. But I do know this. Your thoughts, your mind traps you. And we don't have to be in a physical one to be entrapped with our thoughts. And so Joseph has time to think And he has time to think. And finally, because the cupbearer forgot him, but the the cupbearer finally remembered after after Pharaoh had a dream. And he says, oh yeah. And he brings him up. And next thing you know, Joseph is in charge of the land of Egypt. Joseph is placed in this high position. And then his brothers come because it's so bad. The famines happen. Seven years of good years. Two years into this new famine. And it's getting bad. Jacob says, boys, go to Egypt. I heard they have some, some grain there. You go get some stuff and you bring it back. And as they go, they didn't bring Benjamin. So 10 of them go there and Joseph recognizes them. Joseph recognizes them and all he wants is Benjamin. You can just kind of feel that that's all Joseph wants. He wants Benjamin. Why? Because Benjamin didn't betray him. These guys did. But yet Joseph remembered the dream. And he knew that God was doing something bigger than just himself. Maybe your life, your struggles, the things that you are facing are not about you. But it's about the people that need help. I used to question God, why are you taking our families? Why are you doing this, God? Why, why, why? You know, maybe it's not about us. Maybe it's about other people who need to hear the testimony so they can say, I put my faith in God. Look at these guys could do it. I can do it. 
Or maybe our whole lives are just so that our kids grow up and they do things that God wants them to do. I don't care. I'm not the one who's in charge of the story. I'm just going to do everything I can to hold on what he says. And when Joseph finally remembers the dream, because the Bible says he remembered the dream when he saw his brothers there, things started to turn. And all of a sudden, Joseph took care of his family. And God took this horrible situation and ended up saving a nation. Don't start to question your situation because you don't know what's going to happen. You don't know who is going to be saved because of that. Keep holding on. Keep believing. Don't stop. His compassions will not fail you. He, he will move on your behalf. And then verse 23, they are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. I say to the Lord, the Lord is my portion. Therefore, I will wait on him. Every single morning, you better remember the faithfulness of God. I pulled this song that we sang earlier, Steadfast Love, out of the old archives a few months ago, because a few months ago, I was struggling, I was hurting, I just woke up, like I said, between my bedroom and my prayer closet, my thoughts are, are running rampant, but before I even got to my prayer closet, I opened up those curtains, my wife was gone, I opened up those curtains, and it was dark, because it's too early, there's no sun, but I knew this, that it was coming, and because it's coming, I know that his faithfulness is still going to be there. Even if you don't see it, even at two o'clock this afternoon when it goes completely black because it's winter or whatever time it does, you know this, that the sun is coming. Hope is coming. A new day is coming. And because his mercies are new every morning, I will wait for him. And he closes here, or he continues, he says, The Lord is good to those who hope is in him, to the one who seeks him. It is good to wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord. It is good for a man to bear the yoke while he still, while he is young. Why does he say that? Because, see, when we're young, we have the energy to do it. Now, I've heard that you're only as old as you feel or how old that your kids tell you you are. That's, that's what I heard. But I want to be young. I want to be young in my spirit. I want to be like Joshua and Moses. These guys died, but they were still strong because their spirit, their soul was always driving them. I don't care what the mirror says. I'm young. I don't care what life tells me. How how beat down I should be or how tired I should be, I'm still going to put my hope in God. But we must wait for him. The Lord is, I, I just love this, the Lord is good to those who hope is in him. Are you willing to wait and rec recognize how good the Lord is? If you are, you will never be disappointed. This morning as I was just sharing this word, I wasn't planning on preaching this, but it just, it struck me so much about the faithfulness of God. Maybe, maybe today you're overwhelmed with what you're going through and what tomorrow brings. I understand that. For you, you need to call to mind and therefore have hope in your God who never changes. Maybe you need to start writing your own book about all of the things that God has done in Scripture 
and in your life and in other people's lives. Why do you think I asked what God is doing? Why? Because I want to hear what God is doing. I want to hear and remember, yes, God did it in your situation. He did, he's going to do it in your situation. I want to remember. I want to hear. So if you're here today, maybe you're getting overwhelmed by tomorrow and today and the problems that you face and the reality of life. I want you to know that you need to make a phone call and you need to bring back to memory who God is. Go through the Bible. Look at the miracles and say, this is still my God. This is still my God. The God who raised people from the dead. The God who brought material things out of nothing. The God who saved his people even when they felt abandoned. This is God. Call back to memory. Also, those who are waiting, those who are waiting and have faith, keep waiting, but do it with energy and excitement and face the days knowing that it may be dark right now, but hope is coming. My answer is coming. My miracle is coming. I believe that God is still the God of miracles. And when you face the darkest moment, it only takes one moment to bring light into that situation. So let's be people of faith. Amen?